really you can find high quality Italian food also outside. And I say that because many times I heard guests scared to go to an Italian restaurant to uh, be disappointed. But I think that uh, the trend is changing now. And uh, also because you can find really great products uh, in each count, every country around the world, in my opinion. Welcome to Ciao Bella, hosted by me, Erica Firpo, a travel journalist based in Rome. Each episode of Ciao Bella, I sit down with Italy's creators, contemporary artists and artisans, designers, culinary experts, heritage brands, and innovative estites, and more who are defining and redefining 21st century Italy. Pull up a chair and join in. Ciao tutti, welcome back to Ciao Bella. Today I am, I'm taking a little bit of a left turn from Ciao Bella and we're heading to Copenhagen. I'm with Nico Fanetti. Ciao, hi. Ciao, ciao Erika. Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, thanks for joining me. Nico is a chef uh, based in Copenhagen and he has a restaurant that um, I would like to call Brace, but I just discovered that you pronounce it Brace. Brace, exactly, yeah. It's um, uh, the English uh, version, yeah. Which is, which we're going to talk about in a second why you chose the English version, but, um, sure. but I, I, I was particularly, one of, one of the reasons I was really interested in talking to you is because you're an Italian chef in Copenhagen, which I think there's a lot of cross-pollinization, but also you've been awarded the Michelin Green Star. Yeah, exactly. Last year in September, actually. Yeah. yeah. Which is really like complimenting. That is super cool. Thank you. Yes, um, a great achievement so far. Yes, one of the most important because also uh, here uh, our mission in the restaurant is to uh, avoid as much as possible uh, the food waste. Not because uh, is a trend, but because uh, is uh, in our credo in what we believe in, and uh, it's something that we take care of a lot of it. Well, you are, you're in very good company because I, I believe it's Norbert who has the Green Star in Italy. Is that correct? Exactly, yes. And I know yeah. that uh, I, I interviewed Norbert. Um, actually, I think I interviewed him right before all the pandemic happened. I, I went on top of the mountain and we talked very much about Cook the Mountain. And um, But I also know, and, and in fact, that's again, you know, I was I was reading about you and that's, I was like, oh, wow, it's it's so it's really cool to uh, to see. Not, I don't want to say similarities, but same ethos. Yeah. And you're also happen to be very much younger. Yeah. You're 33 <laughs> years old. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which is which is also you know it's great. So first of all, let's just let's ask the obvious question. Yeah. You're from you're from Brescia, right? Yes, in the north of Italy. Yeah, in actually, for be more correct and specific, in the uh, province of Brescia, like in Valle Camonica, really up to the mountain area, is more or less 40 minutes from the Swiss border. Okay. So it's really mountain, mountain. Wow, so you are way up there. Um, so yeah. in essence, the cold weather of Scandinavia. <laughs> Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's normal. <laughs> yeah, it's normal. Exactly. There yeah, is uh, doesn't. I don't feel so much uh, the differences because uh, where I come from actually is a bit the same in terms of weather's and coldness is the same. Well, what what brought you to Copenhagen? Uh, the passion for uh, for improving my skills and uh, discover a different food culture than the Italian one. 
and uh, actually because uh, I saw a lot of similarities from where uh, I come from, so in the north of uh, Italy uh, and uh, in Scandinavia, because uh, as I said before, I come from a, a mountain uh, area, so I'm surrounded from uh, a lot of uh, nature and uh, when it's cold, so in winter, uh, it's a bit hard actually to uh, have like fresh products like you can have in the Mediterranean area, for example, like uh, and also is a really still a rural uh, kind of town where I live. So there are a lot of uh, farms, uh, uh, people still uh, uh, farming uh, uh, and having like animals and so on, producing their own butter, their own products, going after to, uh, to hunt when is uh, the hunting season or to produce uh, charcuteries as well. Like uh, I grew up in, uh, in that way, also because my grandparents had uh, both, they had uh, a farm as well and animals like a goat, sheep, uh, chickens and, uh, and cow, pigs. So I grew up in, in really that way. And uh, uh, what fascinated me about Copenhagen specifically is, is that I was reading um, a magazine, a culinary ma magazine, that was talking about this uh, philosophy of coming back, back to the nature, to, the, uh, to what food actually is about, products. And, uh, you know, when you, uh, as I did work in, uh, in cities, in big cities, you lose the contact with uh, the supplier, with who deliver actually, uh, who produce the, the products to you, the, the raw materials and so on. You don't see how they grow, how the, uh, the products are farmed, have been farmed. And uh, I miss that a lot. And I found actually that part again when I came back, when I came here the first time in Copenhagen. Now, I, uh, I did a little research on you, obviously, and I know that you trained at Alma in Italy. Yes, in and 2009. And then you were also you were also at Miramonte, Miramonte, Miramonte l'altro, the two Michelin star restaurant in uh, in Brescia, yes. In Brescia, okay. And then yeah. and and then that that was before you went to Copenhagen. Exactly, yes. I have been uh, in Alma in two thousand eight, and after uh, two years and a half in uh, Miramonte l'altro. Yeah. Now, did you do what I think a lot of people want to? assume the storyline is, is that you just go ahead and, and walk up to Renny Redzepi and say, I would like to work at Noma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I did that. I did that actually because, uh, as I said, I was reading in this, uh, in this magazine about the new Nordic cuisine mm -hmm. uh, in 2010 and about, I discovered for the first time what uh, Noma was, I never heard before, and uh, what was going on here. And uh, I don't know, like uh, I was captured from this uh, philosophy, from this way to create food and, uh, and to combine different flavors and to cook the nature. And uh, I decided to come here and to go uh, from uh, who actually created this philosophy, so Noma. And I was so lucky to go in 2012. Now, you, um, you said something, you were talking about how your grandparents had farms and all of that sentiment, all of that background also is what you found similar in what was going on with the new Nordic cuisine. Absolutely. 
And I, I think, you know, I, my, my nonni are Italian and, yeah. uh, and I mean, they're from Rome, which is still city, but you know, they did Foraggio and all. And I think a lot of that stuff is finally returning. Um, but I think everything that you're saying is you're, you're absolutely right is so much related to the yeah. way, the way it used to be or the way it should be, I guess. Um, tell me when did you you know you so you you're in copenhagen you're fine with the weather which is something by the way i really had a hard time with i love copenhagen but it was cold and dark when i because i kept going in the in the winter time uh, that that is the worst period to come and visit copenhagen first if you most just, of all if it's actually the first time that you came to come to visit i suggest to everyone that i met, I meet to come in uh, spring summer period yeah and, uh, Everyone we fell in love in uh, Copenhagen in that period. I mean, you know, I I I tease. I, I will say though, it was I was I the first time I ever went was around Christmas time. So I saw the markets yeah. and I and I love all the food at Christmas. And then yes, and I was like, but it was really cold. So I came back in the summer and I like the art <laughs> museums and the you know what is it like twenty two hours of sunshine. Um, when did you when did you open your restaurant? I opened it actually in the first of February of two thousand seventeen. Oh wow! So yeah. you were you were pretty young. Five years, exactly. Yeah. So you were like Five twenty. Years. You were like twenty-eight years old. Uh, I was twenty-eight, twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. What yeah. neighbor? What neighborhood is it in? It's actually really in the center of Copenhagen, in the Latin Quarter. Actually, is the uh, oldest quarter here in the center of uh, of the city is near the metro and the radius plus that actually is the main principal uh, area of the city center where all the metros and so on uh, are uh, are focused in that point in that position so uh, but it's also uh, a bit characteristic the where is located my restaurant because there's a beautiful yard in the front of the entrance uh, Basically, it's a garden uh, and give a feeling of a countryside. Actually, this is why what all the guests are telling me that they really like because it's so special the entrance of Brace because you don't feel like you are in the uh, in the center of Copenhagen. And uh, yeah, I'm quite in love with uh, where I am. <laughs> that sounds really beautiful. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your restaurant? And sure. now you can also tell us why Brace is not called Brace. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, when uh, we choose the name, uh, we wanted something that connect our uh, our values, uh, me and uh, of, and uh, the values of my partner, because I open it with uh, with a partner, and uh, um, something that was a, a base of all our ideas. And uh, I don't know. Let's see. I'm, I'm sorry, this is my big dog. <laughs> She's really tiny. <laughs> sorry. She, was, she, wants, she wants to be with me. Okay, so it's a, it, it was a base value. You want to be a part of the podcast. <laughs> exactly, exactly. She's our master. Um, so it, so was the, it was the base of your ideas. Ideas of our lives, because also in the same moment that we was opening the restaurant, we also was expecting a, a, a child, so our, uh, our daughter. 
And uh, so that's why we call it braids, because actually braids in English mean uh, foundations, actually are the structure of the um, of a building. So what actually holds uh, a building? The support, yeah. The support. So that's why uh, we gave the, the meaning of uh, a foundation of uh, ourselves, of our ideas, of what we want to build, of what we want to be in the future, what we want to realize, and so on. Also because from that... Uh, uh, we have cre created during the years collateral uh, businesses, and uh, and that's why is a is a meaning a foundation of uh, of ourselves, and uh, has nothing to do with uh, with uh, Brace, the Italian uh, Italian name. When we have uh, choose the the name of uh, of the restaurant, we didn't talk about uh, this game of uh, of of meanings. Uh, but I think that is funny because uh, uh, give the opportunity to people to talk about it and to ask questions or what it mean or it's funny in a way. Tell me a little bit about the about the cuisine, the kitchen, and your team. Yeah. So um, when I, uh, my idea, my philosophy is actually that I need to cook the freshest products that I have available on the market, and uh, I have nothing against. Uh, uh, with who actually import products from Italy and so on. Also because I myself uh, some import something as well, like pasta, rice, uh, or uh, pistachio, for example, like all the um, dried uh, nuts. But I think that during the years, uh, Copenhagen and Denmark specifically uh, have developed uh, high quality products. And the farmers actually develop and uh, uh, quality as well, and uh, they continue to study how to be how to uh, perfect their their products, how to make much better. Also about the soil, uh, together with the weather. So all the conditions. There is a lot of uh, going on here, also because they collaborate together with uh, universities and so on. And uh, I must say that also the climate change. Uh, played uh, a big role because uh, for when I came here in Copenhagen in 2011 uh, and now there is a huge uh, gap in uh, temperature like wow. uh, when I came here the first time for example in winter we was also like minus uh, 10 degrees minus 15 degrees in winter now hardly we go under minus two wow yeah, and that actually reflects during spring and, and, and summer because more warm, of course, products grow. Much yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, much faster, much, much, much better. For example, there is some producer that uh, uh, try to cultivate puntarelle and actually are really, really good. Really? Yeah. So that's in that's Copenhagen. In Copenhagen, in Copenhagen. So that's what I mean. Like uh, uh, they are really developing a lot and trying to actually cultivate different uh, different uh, raw materials. And uh, uh, what I like is that there are uh, farmers that uh, specialize in a specific product. For example, I have my produce supplier of tomato. They have been testing in uh, during their uh, 23 years of activities more than 600 varieties of tomato. They made a selection of 60 of them, and now they actually cultivate them uh, when spring starts and uh, summer and so on. Honestly, I don't see so much different in taste compared to the Italian ones. Oh, 
are really, really good, really full of flavor, aroma, sweetness. There are different type of, uh, of I mean, tomatoes as well. You but, might be giving up your chitilanza here by saying yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I, I know the risk that I, I, I take in by saying that. But uh, I, that's why I felt in love with uh, the mentality of working also and the fact that uh, they don't care where they are or that they are in Scandinavia, but they try anyway to uh, to grow something that uh, apparently years ago was impossible to think about it. So that's why I like to um, uh, actually purchase and take and be uh, and use what uh, my farmers grow here. Also, if some if sometime, for example, in autumn or. Uh, or, uh, or winter is a bit hard to create a menu based on the raw uh, products because it's tighter the selection. But then I implement actually with uh, all the wild products that are coming and uh, growing in, uh, in that period. And uh, uh, also with our fish, uh, seafood uh, supplier, we we actually have a menu based more on vegetables and fish rather than meat. That sounds really good. <laughs> that sounds yeah. really, and I and I'm gonna guess that I mean you're you're sourcing your fish from the Scandinavian area. Is that yeah. correct? I mean, it must yeah, be exactly. amazing. It must be amazing. Yeah, but they are more fatty actually because of course the temperature are really uh, yeah. low, so they actually produce more fat. And they are uh, I actually take from uh, the Faroe Island, from Norway, from uh, also like here in the in the Sea of uh, of Denmark and Sweden, and uh, uh, according to to the um, to the to the season actually because also with the fishes I go by season as well. And uh, uh, it's really great the average of uh, uh, flavors that you can uh, uh, that you can find and you can that after you can create different dishes and uh, really you can uh, experiment a lot. But my idea, my philosophy is always cooking uh, Italian food uh, using local produce as much as possible local produce. Of course, the local produce have their own taste. Uh, I mean, more Scandinavian flavors because they grow here rather than the Mediterranean, Italian one or France. This is the characteristic of my cuisine. I'm, I'm, I'm have a, I have a question because I know that, um, I'm, I'm just curious, do you, what, what about with cheese? I know there's great cheese in, in, in Denmark and in Norway, yeah. are, but are you, you know, can you get by without using Parmigiano Reggiano? Do you? Do you ever use it yeah, or? I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not so close on that. Like, uh, okay. of course I can, uh, I, I use uh, Parmigiano Reggiano, uh, Baccarosse, like 60 months. Oh, ah, Baccarosse, yeah. Some, I love that. Yeah, something that actually make really a huge difference on, uh, on, on flavor, on, the, on a dish. But also I, uh, I spend a lot of time of, uh, uh, of my day looking for uh, new suppliers coming, what they have and so on in uh, all the areas. And I like that because I discover really, really something uh, unique. And uh, yes, I also taste what they produce, uh, cheeses, uh, about the cheese also. And they have a lot, a lot of uh, uh, really high quality cheeses from mm. goat, sheep and so on. And uh, of course, in my opinion, the, uh, the knowledge that they have and, uh, and this means also like the uh, varieties 
are not similar or comparable to the Italian one. But what they do, I must say that they do in the best possible way that they can. So yes, I also use their cheeses. I'm just looking at the pictures on your website. Um, there's, they're beautiful, first of all, but I also just saw this, I, it, this gorgeous sea urchin. Is yes. it a, I mean, yes. a, there's, and it looks like those are clean as well. I mean, I was just like, oh, it looks delicious. I mean, it looks amazing. Yeah, it's actually, is that, that one is actually an Icelandic sea urchin. Ah. That, uh, uh, yeah. As long as searching that arrive fresh every Wednesday. So we actually, um, we are amazed about the flavor of the Icelandic searching because the first time that we actually we have tasted, uh, taste like rose petals, like it's sweet. Really? It's not bitter like, uh, yeah, it's not bitter like the Mediterranean one. It's uh, have more sweet notes and uh, really, it's like flour, like rose petals to me. So that's why I'm making actually this uh, spaghetti that by the way, I use spaghetti uh, pasta mancini because uh, I really like the texture and I will keep the, uh, the al dente for a long time. Uh, so I use actually, I make a sauce with this uh, Icelandic searching and after I uh, pair them with uh, a ragu of uh, hip rose. That actually is the, is the fruit, is the berry of the rose. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I actually uh, create this contrast of acidity, sweetness that pair perfectly with the uh, with the Icelandic urchin. And uh, in the start, uh, I had uh, difficulty to let the guests uh, understand it and enjoy it. But during time, they actually is one of the, the most favorite dishes in the menu. I mean, the that that is 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 that seasonal as well? Yeah, is that season actually finish? The season will finish uh, around May, for okay. after I take back again uh, in uh, uh, later uh, autumn, like October and so on. Okay. But for example, the inspiration about this pasta came from uh, one of my guys that actually was uh, is from Sicily. Okay, and he told me, Chef, yes, uh, in Sicily actually, uh, when I was with my father. Uh, I was going to take uh, to pick uh, uh, a on the rivers and uh, eat it raw or do a sauce for the spaghetti. And I, and I said, okay, let's do that. So if it's something that uh, is uh, typical from your uh, your country, from where you come from, let's do put it in the menu. So we actually put uh, the search uh, in the same way. So as I mean, Italian way to to process the food, our food culture, because of course. Uh, using the searching in a raw way is more Asian oriental, but we do a lot of pasta and risotti with, uh, with searching. So that's why we introduced that uh, in our menu for the first time in five years. And uh, as I said, the difficulty in the start is that uh, nobody expected us to use a searching uh, in a sauce way, but everyone expected to use uh, as a pure element in a raw way, but we are not a, an Asian restaurant. Tell me, tell me a little bit about your team. Yeah, my team actually is a, is a bit of a mix of different regions in Italy. And also we have a, a, an amazing Korean uh, chef that uh, um, she's actually cooking all the pastas and main course. 
And she's a woman. I like hearing yes, that. I really love, I really love. Actually, if I can, all uh, only women in the, in the restaurant because they are really great. And uh, and I put the, uh, actually, I give the opportunity to uh, this Korean to take over the pasta section and the main course because uh, I think that is important to uh, transmit, to actually to, to teach our main culture that is uh, around pasta and so on. And uh, now it's almost three years that she's working with me and uh, she actually cooked the pasta and risotti much better than some Italian guy that I have in the team. Nice. <laughs> yeah, this is really something interesting. Uh, tell me a little bit um, about sustainability because I know that you're, you're you know, you guys are, you have a, a just so everybody knows what uh, a Michelin green star is. Uh, a Michelin yeah. green star is sustainability, correct? Uh. Yeah, but uh, like I'm not, uh, uh, I want to be precise on this because okay. uh, I don't want to uh, pass the message that uh, we are what we are because we are looking for prizes and so on. Like uh, our is a, 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 an action of a, a, a way to be, a way to think about sustainability that comes from uh, uh, how we how we born like my grandma teach me to not throw anything and uh, i never saw my family throw something or where or also when i was a kid that i was throwing some food and so on and they actually all my family my father and so on all teach me to not do it because it was actually actually wrong and to have respect for food and everything, no? So that actually is the way that I, I grow up and uh, is the philosophy that I use automatically. It's not something that I'm looking for. And this is something that actually I transmit also to, to my guys, to my team. Well, I think and, you... Uh, of course, it's hard, it's hard to do that because, you know, not everyone has grown in the same, in the same way with the same uh, uh, principles, but uh, I can see that uh, they understood the reason why and they, uh, now they do in automatically. Uh, what, what we do is, uh, is, for example, is to think how to reuse some kind of products, for example, the stems of the, of the parsley or uh, the skins of the, of the a potato, of course, the bones, fish bones or meat bones we use for doing uh, stocks or uh, uh, for as a, a, a flavor inside a, a, a process, inside a sauce, or for example, to use uh, um, some kind of uh, vegetables or uh, uh, fruit uh, leftovers for produce our juices. At the moment, we, have, uh, we also have a juice pairing in our restaurant. And at the moment, we have a kombucha of uh, leftovers coffee. So by the end of the day, when our, we, after we have made all the coffees for the guests and also for ourselves, with the, what remain, actually, we don't throw, but actually we keep it and we do uh, a juice and we will uh, uh, ferment it in a kombucha. Huh. And yeah. I, saw, I actually saw that you have a menu that's the, uh, this must be part of your non-alcoholic pairing menu. Yeah, actually is a, uh, is something that we care a lot of because uh, in Copenhagen especially is uh, the juice pairing is something really fundamental to have because there are also people that uh, uh, like to go for a, a non-alcoholic pairing instead of just wines. But uh, the level also on that is really high. We have, uh, for example, Noma, Granium and so on. They, they were amazing juices. 
and we want to stay keep it in that level because uh, uh, we uh, aim to do everything that we can in, a, in, the, in the best possible way or uh, the best that we can do here at Brace. Uh, so that's why uh, sometimes, for example, if I have a, a, a byproduct from uh, um, from the kitchen, I actually use it for do other preparation as the juices. And for example, another thing is that we uh, uh, don't waste any more uh, water, like for example, tap water and so on, like uh, we had in the past. But we buy from a supplier that actually is um, is producing in Borlom, that uh, is an island uh, 30 minutes from Copenhagen. There is is uh, um, producing mineral and sparkling water in a bottle that after we will recycle again that bottle for constantly use as a recycling process for uh, our guests. And, and from what I understand, it's also is is there also recycling within like the the um, the fabrics in the actual dining room as well? Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Like uh, the 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 glass bottle actually is uh, reused to uh, bottling other waters and so on. So that is a, a a circle that is going on. Or for example, also uh, another way to be sustainable that we do is actually to, as I said to just choose suppliers that work uh, uh, with a, a 360 degree circle way of the season, okay? And they have a limited amount of animals per field and that they don't actually use any kind of uh, uh, pesticide or kind of uh, antibiotics and so on, but only natural uh, food for them. And the same is with the vegetables. It's the same philosophy like uh, uh, farmers that uh, doesn't use a pesticide, but use a, a, a ancient way to actually right. cultivate and grow raw materials. I think that all in all, all of these kind of things uh, are important nowadays. And that's why I'm lucky to, uh, to have the opportunity to do this because I'm here in Copenhagen and actually all the farms are 30 minutes far away from, uh, from, from the restaurant. So I have the opportunity to visit them quite frequently. You're very lucky. You're very, very lucky. Yeah. Now, I want to, you know, we talked a little bit about, um, we just kind of threw out the terms new Nordic cuisine, but I thought we might yeah. want to talk about that in the context of Italian cuisine. Um, yeah. And in regards to, I think there is an idea of Italian cuisine that a lot of people have. And I think what you're doing is talking about potentially a new, a new Italian cuisine. And I would love to, I would love, love, love to get your thoughts. Okay, I think that uh, uh, I believe that combining two different cultures uh, is uh, um, something uh, uh, that can open our minds more and can open our perspective of how simil similitudes sometimes there are in different countries, apparently so far, but in my opinion, uh, near in. Uh, in many aspects. Also because if you go a bit uh, uh, to study the history, actually, uh, we have we had many commercial trades with Scandinavia, especially in uh, the center and south of uh, Italy. So we actually uh, had many contacts with them uh, in the past. For example, right. they, intro they introduced us uh, the butter 
and the buttermilk, all the, these dairy products. Yeah. Actually we, yeah, we gave them the garum, the notion of garum and so on, because actually they, since they was uh, uh, merchants and they actually was navigating a lot, they actually all the times went to the uh, port of Naples. And from there, actually, they started to trade, make many trades, bring products to us, and we gave products to them and so on. So the two culture was already combined back in the days. So I, I'm not doing something new, but I'm doing something that, in my opinion, uh, remember, uh, remember to me where I come from. And uh, that's why I feel at home. I think that uh, uh, the notion of Italian cuisine now is uh, uh, abroad, actually, out of Italy, is, uh, is growing more and more. Uh, and I think uh, for the quality of Italian restaurants that you can find out of Italy is much higher now than back in the days. Also because now many talented chefs are actually leaving Italy for open restaurants all around the world. Uh, mm -hmm. For example, in, in Singapore, Tokyo, or uh, in America, or uh, Spain, France, and so on. And uh, really, you can find high-quality Italian food also outside. And I say that because many times I heard the guests scared to go to an Italian restaurant to uh, be disappointed. But I think that uh, the trend is changing now. And uh, also because you can find really great products uh, in each count, every country around the world, in my opinion. I, I think you're absolutely right. Now, do you, um, you know, we're, we're talking about, uh, like, in regard to, I think, I think traditionally, and this also might be, like, through the gaze of an American, I think a lot of people, when they think of Italian food, they're thinking pasta, they're thinking yeah. lasagna. Exactly, um, yes. How do you feel that about that? Main. <laughs> or it how do you feel about is a stereotype that actually we uh, helped to create. And uh, I think that is, uh, we made a huge mistake because uh, uh, Italian food is much, much, much more rather than only pasta, but is a produce, first of all, is a, a history. And uh, we have thousands of thousands of different products from the north to the south of Italy. And uh, where we do also like uh, amazing uh, starters or uh, like main course, dessert and so on. We don't do only pasta. We do also amazing soups, for example, or le legumes soups or uh, uh, great fish starters. For example, if you go also like on Garda Lake, uh, yeah. we use, uh, we use uh, um, also like for example, hill, like grilled hill uh, fish. So, uh, it's really, really uh, crazy, in my opinion, to just uh, define Italian cuisine only with pasta. So, uh, my opinion about Italian cuisine uh, in Italy, actually, that is... Uh, uh, I think uh, is uh, happening something new, like uh, a new wave of uh, young and talented chefs are uh, are coming up, are popping up, and uh, uh, the uh, the mentors, like the the chefs that made Italian cuisine, like Massimiliano Naimo, Bottura, and Uliassi and so on, um, are the 
the guide okay is uh, i think that actually they have opened a huge uh, uh, street for us to follow or to um, they indicate the view and i think that we must continue and uh, uh, innovate even more that uh, uh, what they that what they have done uh, what is important i think uh, uh, with our own identity each of one, uh, each of us, with uh, we we must have our own identity, our own philosophy, without copying uh, or aiming to be anyone else, just us. And I think that Italian uh, cuisine will have a, a great future, in my opinion, because also there are really, really great and amazing uh, products and producers uh, that can uh, uh, create a huge diversifications in terms of uh, flavors and uh, in terms of uh, creativity, in my opinion. Uh, and abroad, I mean, uh, um, it's something that uh, I think with the ears, um, we can change the stereotype that uh, people have in uh, uh, about the Italian cuisine. I think it's already happening thanks to the uh, amazing Italian restaurants that uh, are uh, outside of Italy. And... Uh, uh, but we can't always pass the message that Italian food is just pasta. Because I think that is a really huge limitation and uh, uh, doesn't show and pay respect of uh, the diversities of dishes that are region to region and uh, also from province to province sometimes. That is not only pasta, but also our soup, starters, uh, main course, dessert and street food as well. I think is really from north to south uh, is really uh, unique what we what what we have. Uh, we always tend to uh, to copy other food cultures like I don't know the French one, the Spanish one, or the uh, Asian one. But uh, I think that uh, we just really need to understand the huge value of uh, our. Um, Italian uh, uh, cuisine and products as well. And when we understand that, we don't need uh, to copy anybody. We just need to uh, to emphasize even more uh, the great uh, uh, luckiness that uh, Mother Nature gave to us. Well, I think you guys are doing that. I think you're, you are, there's like a, a team of your peers across Italy and outside. And it's great. It's really, really great to see that you're redefining and changing the landscape and changing the stereotypes. Um, I, I want to thank you. I want to first let everybody know that they can find out more about you by visiting your website, which is Restaurant Brace. So as we would spell it in English, restaurantbrace.dk. Um, can, yeah, can we follow you on Instagram? Yeah, of course. Of course. Is, uh, you can follow me on, uh, on Restaurant Brace or uh -huh. uh, on uh, uh, the, my profile, my own profile, that is uh, uh, Nicola Fanetti. Okay. And... Uh, Please follow me so you can see what I do, who I am, and uh, what I'm passionate about. I would love to, and everybody would love to. Thank you so much. Yeah. It was it was great to speak with you, and I can't wait to come to Copenhagen. Thank you so much, Erika, for the, this nice talk. Thank you. Bye. Ciao, Thanks. ciao. Ciao. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ciao Bella. If you'd like to know more about today's guest, please visit ciaobella.co and click on the podcast link or go directly to ciaobella.co backslash podcast. Want more Italy? 
you can find all my episodes on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher. When you have time, subscribe to iTunes and rate the podcast. What are you waiting for? And if you want to be part of the podcast, email me or DM me your Italy questions. To learn more about me and my work, go to my website, ericafirpo.com, and follow my Italy adventures on Instagram at ericafirpo. Ciao, bella! And a very big thank you and hug to Massimiliano Yonta, the producers of Ciao Bella, who continue to make me sound and feel great. 